From the Financial Times in London, I'm Robert Wright and this is FT News. Britain's most vocal pro-EU campaigner Gina Miller is hoping to dent the expected Conservative landslide victory in next month's UK election by backing candidates who pledge to work for the softest possible Brexit. Following her successful legal effort to force the government to hold a parliamentary vote on triggering Article 50, the divorce clause that started the process of leaving the EU, she has now raised money through crowdfunding for a new campaign called Best for Britain. I spoke to her in London recently about what she's hoping to achieve. We're now a few weeks into your Best for Britain campaign. What do you think you've achieved so far? Well, we've just started, really, because when we launched, we still weren't registered with the Electoral Commission, and we wanted to wait until the results of the local elections to give us some real-time data, rather than other organisations in our space talking about tactical voting who are using data from the 2015 election. We believe we're in a very different place. We also flew over this expert from Canada who has helped us enormously with the data mining. So we're just at the stage now of releasing our first phase of candidates. But we've been doing a lot of work around the other two strands, which is engaging young people, trying to get young people out and voting, and also looking at dialogue with women, saying, you know, women died to give us the vote. We must respect them and the hard work they did and the lives and the pain they suffered to go out there and exercise our vote. Because without that, the turnout could be pitifully low. What are the lessons of the local elections to a reporter such as myself? It looks as if the big outcome of them is the Conservatives won about 550 seats. Labour were down badly. The Liberal Democrats were down a little. From your point of view, I'd have thought it makes the process of trying to get people who are going to push for a softer Brexit into office, it looks that little bit harder after the local elections. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. And the lessons, I think, as everyone accepts, is that, you know, the Conservatives did very well because they absorbed the UKIP vote. Um, Lib Dems didn't actually cut through as well as people thought they would do. And there was a really mixed response to Labour, some surprises in there. But overall, I'm confident that It isn't a direct reflection between the local elections and the general election. It never has been. And secondly, because this election, general election, is different, it is, to all intents and purposes, a one-issue election, and it's about Brexit because that blights everything else. I think people will vote tactically because actually in Britain, people have been voting tactically for many, many elections, except they vote against the person that they don't want in. And we're asking them to flip that and vote for the person you think that will go into Parliament and make sure there's scrutiny and a meaningful vote at the end of the negotiated process. So a bit proactive, uh, if you like, tactical voting, rather negative tactical voting. OK, I'm going to come on to some of those other issues in a moment. But you said it's going to be a one-issue election. Of course, in one part of the UK, at least in, in Scotland, it is at least a two-issue election, and there's a question about um, whether you can support candidates for the Scottish National Party, which, while it has been a staunch opponent of Brexit, is a country, uh, a party that doesn't arguably want the best for Britain because it wants to break it up. What, what, what's your thinking on that? Scotland poses us as an organisation a problem in that we are focused on backing candidates who are going to be against this 
extreme inflexible Brexit. And as you say, many of the SNP ministers or SNP are. But at the same time, we believe we're called best for Britain because we believe in the union. I believe in the union staying together. So I think what we will do is we won't have SNP candidates in our first tranche that we release. Um, we will stay fluid because actually things change in the last 24 hours or so of any general election. And that's when we'll make, if you like, buy recommendations rather than just the recommendations. Um, and at that stage, there may be some SNPs who look as though they're standing a good chance against um, some hard Brexit, conservative Brexiteers um, and leave the question of the referendum in Scotland to the Scots. Now, the striking thing about Brexit is it cuts through parties and arguably the loyalties um, on Brexit are perhaps stronger than the party loyalties at the moment. Um, But candidates will have their own views, but they're also going to be standing on a manifesto. Um, How are you going to evaluate what weight you give to a candidate's own personal views, pro or anti-Brexit, against what's in the manifesto? It's very difficult for us because we, again, one of the other things we were hoping to is wait for the manifesto to come out. As we've seen, we've already had sight of the Labour one that was leaked. So we know that they will go for a meaningful vote, which is very helpful for us. But at the same time, the central parties have been quite resistant to what we're doing. And it's not easy for them to accept our, if you like, they see us as interfering with them and their strategies. But we're looking at local level. What's the most you think you can realistically hope to achieve at this point in this election? What, what, what do I you think, think you can get to? I think success would look like we managed to engage, as I say, more women, more young people and really move the dial on turnout. That would be a, a great success, point of success for us. But also, if we are able to get better candidates with d- different voices um, who've signed up to this mandate to use their principles and their conscience, and those are candidates we get into Parliament handful however many, then that's more than we would have had before. And also if there is a denting of that landslide that people are expecting. So if it was, say, got down, as I said, fantastic, we could get to 20 to 30 a majority, but anything will do because the team or, you know, everyone's worried about how successful we'll be. This is a conversation we're having all the time. And I am very straightforward in saying, we just have to do something. When there is so little opposition... And there seems to be this closing down where Mrs. May has snapped her fingers for a general election. It does not mean snapping everyone into line and closing down debate. And if we can keep that fight and that dialogue alive, then I think we've succeeded. Okay, Gina Miller, thank you very much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.